What is going on? Happy Veterans Day. Happy Thursday. Pete Callender here, the Pete Callender Show. 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. You can also email Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. You can also hit me up on the Twitter machine. I do feel weird. Bo is talking. And it's just weird to talk when Bo Thompson is talking. No, he's... Bo is the master of ceremony. Is he the master of ceremonies? He's like co-master of the ceremonies here at Truist Field for the Carolinas Veterans Day Festival. He's out there now kicking off the program. And at some point, someone's going to fling themselves out of uh, like a flying craft, an aircraft, on purpose, from what I understand. It's going to be intentional. And uh, then they're going to land in the center of the field, I believe. That's the plan. So that's, uh, it's not Bo, by the way, just for the record, it's not Bo flinging himself out of the aircraft. Uh, you can, well, you're probably not going to be able to see it if you're leaving now, but there's still plenty of time. We're doing this until 2 o'clock at Truist Field. There are, there are like 150,000 veterans in the Charlotte area. Do you know that? 150,000 veterans. <clears throat> and so, really, we, we should really fill this place with 150,000 people. I mean, John Moore cannot eat all of the concession food <laughs> for all of us. Because yeah, I'm not... Well, he says, yes, he can. No, because, like, I'm not eating uh, the concessionary food because I'm on the PhD weight loss uh, and nutrition program. So uh, this is all hosted by, in seriousness, vet, by, hosted by Veterans Bridge Home and uh, the Charlotte Knights. It's all made possible by generous support from Truist as well as Lowe's. You can come down here. They've got a ton of veteran-owned businesses. Uh, so if you are looking to find work uh, or find workers, uh, head on over to Truist Field. Uh, they got tons of support services as well that are here. So you can get plugged into what's available. This is one of the things a lot of people don't realize. All of the support services that are available. And uh, you can come down, make one lap around the field here. And not for nothing either. Like, it's pretty cool walk around, you know, walking around a baseball stadium. It's just, like, it's pretty cool. And you, it's a great skyline, obviously, at the, uh, at the ballpark here. So uh, come on down, and uh, we're here until 2 o'clock. Uh, and uh, stop by and say hello. I'm here at the booth. All right, so, all righty. From the feel-good story, <laughs> well, I shouldn't, say, I shouldn't say it's not a feel-good story because for some folks, this is a really, really feel-good story. This story is about how a judge is finally going to stick it to the General Assembly in North Carolina. He's finally going to make them do what they've refused to do because they hate children and teachers and education in general. They just hate like everybody but themselves. That's the idea. And so this uh, one judge out of Union County, Judge David Lee, he is now told uh, the General Assembly, uh, I don't really care about your constitutional authority to direct spending. I'm going to essentially raid the general fund for over a billion dollars, and I'm going to pay for the stuff that a consulting group out of California that was paid by the Governor Cooper administration, the biggest donor to get this report done was the Cooper administration, actually came out of DHHS, Health and Human Services. Um, so this report from West Ed that said, hey, you know how you fix education? That's right, throw more money at it. Throw a bunch of more money at it, and that will make the kids learn. This is all part of a lawsuit that's been running for, gosh, 28 years almost, 
called the Leandro case. And there has been over the last, I want to say two years, there's been this long-running media, uh, activist, and uh, leftist campaign called Lead with Leandro. That's been the name of it. So if you've ever seen this hashtag on social media or something, it's called Lead with Leandro. And that's what this is about. And it's the entire purpose has been to focus attention on the Leandro case in order to pressure the judge to do what he just did and to pressure Governor Cooper to go around the legislature as well and grab a bunch of money out of the general fund, redirect money out of various programs, and to fund K-12 education in the state based on this ruling out of the Leandro case. So I've got the uh, Attorney General's uh, memo that he put out here. Is it, a, is it a memo? I guess they call it a memo. I don't know. But I've got it here. It's like nine pages. I'm going to read every single word. No, I'm kidding. But it's, uh, it's their rationale. It's their explanation at the North Carolina Attorney General's office, Democrat Josh Stein, uh, for why the judge can totally do this. It's okay, judge. The water's fine. Just jump right in. By the way, I feel like I need to point this out. The judge, Democrat, Union County Democrat. The court has concluded, this is uh, again from the memo, Josh Stein's memo. This was issued the other day before the judge's ruling yesterday, or his order that, that was handed down yesterday. This court has concluded that the state, despite previous rulings, continues to fail to meet the constitutional requirement. Okay, Because the Leandro case said, look, it's in the Constitution that you got to provide an education. And luckily enough, I have the North Carolina Constitution in my hand, which is very helpful when you're talking about constitutional matters. So here is what it says. This is uh, to, to Article 2. Article 2? Article 1. Hang on. It's a very small book because it's a pocket book. Yeah, Article 1. Article 1, Section 15. It says, this is it. This is the whole section. You ready? The people have a right to the privilege of education... And it is the duty of the state to guard and maintain that right. All right? The people have a right to the privilege of education. By the way, note the the language there. A right to the privilege of education, not not schools. Do you notice that? It doesn't say government schools. It doesn't say public schools. It doesn't say, you know, we're in charge of the schools. No, it says... You have a right to the privilege of education, and it is the duty of the state to guard and maintain that right. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender out here at Truist Field in Uptown Charlotte. It's the inaugural Carolina's Veterans Day Festival. And uh, they're doing it. This is, I did not even realize this until last night. They're doing the silent auction. And surprisingly enough... Um, no, no, producer Ryan is not one of the items up for auction. I thought potentially, but no. Uh, they're doing a scavenger hunt. Uh, they got Oh, they had uh, the military vehicles out front. Those are really cool. I spent some time looking at those. Uh, they got a VA mobile clinic here. They got inflatables for the kids. And uh, they got the kids zone. I'm just kind of running through. I'm looking at the, the super secret behind the scenes email that I got. It's like 70 pages, but, um, there's just tons of stuff to do here. So, uh, if you got time, you're looking for something to do, swing on by in uptown Charlotte, truest field. Um, this goes until two o'clock and I believe is what time is it now? 
I'm trying to keep track because I can't see Bo Thompson, who's doing all of the uh, uh, the emceeing over there. But uh, he was here to do the recognition. They're handing out awards and stuff. So it's a really big event. It's really cool. It's a good way to show your support for uh, the local veteran-owned businesses that are all here, uh, as well as veterans themselves on this Veterans Day. And happy Veterans Day to one and all. And... Um, uh, Joe Gillespie's actually one of uh, one of our BT staffers. Yeah, he's a he's a Navy guy. He's a former naval uh, naval uh, service member. I don't know what was his rank. All I got was just he was in the Navy. Yeah, John Moore, you service? No, no, you no no just serving Pete Callender. That's right. It. Which is, I mean, that is almost on a level. Yeah, it's like kind of like. A minute of boot camp to do this whole show with me. Um, all right, so the uh, judge in the Leandro case, this is the replacement judge, because the original judge, and by the way, the original judge weighed in on all of this. Uh, the original judge was a Republican out of Wake County named Howard Manning. And uh, the new judge that was appointed when Manning had to retire, uh, the new judge is David Lee, a Democrat. He was appointed by the state Supreme Court to oversee this school funding lawsuit that was brought by families. And uh, then over the last 27 years or so, there have been a whole bunch of other organizations that have uh, joined the lawsuit in order to wring money out of government entities, be they at the county level or the uh, state level. Now, what's, interestingly, uh, it, what's interesting about this is that the state legislature is not a named defendant. So, like, Speaker Tim Moore, uh, Senate President Pro Tem Phil Berger, none of them are listed as defendants, as is usually the case when you sue. Especially if you're going to be trying to extract money from the public purse, the legislature has that power. And so, if you're trying to, to get money out of the state, generally... In, like, every single instance, you sue the legislature, too. You have the state, rep, uh, the state legislative body because they're the ones that have to apportion the funds. So the state constitution guarantees what Manning described as the right to a sound, basic education. And this has become sort of the shorthand for what Leandro is all about, a sound, basic education. And then what does that mean? Well, qualified teacher in every classroom, you know, uh, uh, qualified principal in every school, kids with, you know, proper uh, learning materials and that sort of thing. But it's, he doesn't define what these things are because he, as I would submit as a responsible jurist here, a judge, that he leaves it up to those sectors of the government that make those public policy decisions and that administer those policies, that they're the ones that would make those decisions. So the state constitution, Article 1, Section 15, says that the people have a right to the privilege of education and it is the duty of the state to guard and maintain that right. That's what the language says. So our Attorney General Josh Stein, who is all in with the uh, constellation of leftist groups that are suing to get more money, but because Democrats don't control the state legislature, they can't cave to these demands. Although I would point out when they did have control of the state legislature, they did not fund the schools to the level that the judge said they should be, right? This Leandro ruling occurred when the Democrats were in charge, when they had control over K-12 education and 
the budgets. But for some reason now, now they recognize how important this all is. So the Attorney General says this court has concluded that the state, despite the previous ruling, continues to fail to meet the constitutional requirement. This court has also made clear that the current reason for this ongoing constitutional violation is that the necessary and sufficient funding has not been provided to satisfy the state's obligation. So this is the, um, the, the question over how much money do we need to make sure that we are fulfilling the constitutional requirement of providing the, quote, sound basic education. Um, this court, this judge, acknowledge that additional measures must be taken to satisfy the constitutional mandate, and this court has indicated that it intends to fashion a remedy. Again, this is the new judge, not the original. The new judge, the Democrat judge, who has been the target of the pressure campaign, the lead with Leandro campaign, this has been the purpose, is to convince this judge to muscle out the General Assembly. And so this is the Attorney General saying, we got your back, Judge. We're totally on board with, uh, with your efforts here. Consequently, before the court is now appro- is the appropriate remedy, the question before the court is the appropriate remedy for the state's ongoing failure to meet the constitutional requirement. The 27-year-long, the 27-year-long school funding lawsuit in North Carolina, it's called the Leandro case, named after a kid, his family, the Leandro family that had sued all those years ago in order to get more funding for education, saying that the state was violating the Constitution by not funding schools at an appropriate level to guarantee, as the Constitution of the state says, that we all have a right to the privilege of education and it's the duty of the state to guard and maintain that right. Maintain that right. Not maintain an education system. That's been the interpretation of you know government and everybody that's all on board K-12 schools. They're like uh, government-run schools. They're like, this is the way it has to be. Not necessarily. Because just, you know, throwing this out there, because right now we are in a, the constitutional crisis is here now, thanks to the judge's actions yesterday in this case, because he's, he's essentially ordering the expenditure of funds outside of the authority of the General Assembly, which is actually explicitly listed in the U.S. or in the state constitution that the legislature has the rights to allocate the money. So this judge now is searching around for a reason. The constitutional crisis is here. And the attorney general of our state, uh, he wrote up a memo, he and his lawyers wrote up a memo, attempting to offer the judge some legal rationale, which, by the way, the judge sought a couple of weeks back. He was like, hey, if you guys have any you know, way you think I might be able to do this, uh, let me know. And so they did. And so the attorney general sends out this memo to the court saying that the question before the court is the appropriate remedy for the state's ongoing failure to meet its constitutional requirement of providing the education. First, an appropriate remedy does not require generating additional revenue. Why is that? Why is the Attorney General saying that? Well, because 
there's a surplus. Yay! And as the Democrats showed us when they were in power in the early 2000s, whenever there's a surplus, they see a penny, they spend a penny. That's why they bankrupted the state, basically, blowing billion-dollar holes in the general fund budget, blowing, uh, what, $2 billion hole in the Medicaid uh, budget, forcing us to borrow billions of dollars more from the federal government when the uh, economy took a hit and they had to borrow money to pay unemployment benefits. That's how the legislature has behaved when it was run by the Democrats. Oh, but Pete, that was back in the 2000s. I mean, that was now almost like 11 years ago. That was 12 years ago. Yeah, and the Republicans, when they won office in 2010 and took office in 2011, they went about fixing the problems that the... By the way, if you heard that, they are apparently handing out uh, trumpets or something, plastic, those plastic tube trumpet things. That's not going to get annoying for me. Um, <laughs> right, the uh, truest field here for the Veterans Day Festival. And, um, yeah, I'm just watching some because people are kind of uh, milling around. And I just noticed they've got various party favors. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. So that's I'll try to identify the sounds as they walk past, as they go past. Um, so first... We've got a surplus. So don't worry. There's a surplus. We can spend all this money because it's a surplus. And that money is never going to go away, right? Next up is the, it, does not requ- uh, it does not require new legislative action. See, so we don't need the state legislature to do anything. They are just out of the equation altogether. We'll just do whatever we want, says the Attorney General. The constitutional mandate of Article 1, Section 15 is itself an appropriation made by law. That's what the Attorney General says. You just heard me read it. I've read it several times now. The state constitution, the Attorney General says that that Article 1, Section 15, the people have a right to the privilege of education and it is the duty of the state to guard and maintain that right The Attorney General says the constitutional mandate is itself an appropriation made by law. That's an appropriation. How is that an appropriation? I mean, I'm no lawyer. I'm no uh, Attorney General. I'm no Democrat. So I don't understand how my reading of this one sentence somehow or another is different than the Attorney General's reading of this statement constitutional mandate is itself an appropriation. You know what an appropriation is, right? Right, it's when you steal somebody else's culture or something. That's No, it's the <laughs> it's the allocation of money. He says the duty and obligation of ensuring sufficient appropriations usually falls to the legislature. So they admit that. The Attorney General's office admits that the duty and obligation of ensuring Ensuring sufficient appropriations usually falls to the legislature, but there exist limited and perhaps, here it is, unique circumstances where the people of... Yeah, that's another one of the tubes. Uh, where the circumstances where the people of North Carolina, through the North Carolina Constitution, can be said to have required certain appropriations despite the General Assembly's repeated defiance of a constitutional mandate. If you strip out all of the loaded political language out of that sentence, and you look at what the legal rationale is, it simply says that there exist limited and unique circumstances that can be said 
to require this action can be said. Yeah, I mean, a lot of things can be said. Like, it can be said that our attorney general's a moron. That can be said. I mean, I don't know if it makes it true just because it can be said. Lots of things can be said. That's not that's not a legal justification as far as I know. Once again, not a lawyer, not a Democrat, nor an attorney general. So I don't know if that's true. Just want to be very clear for the sticklers that may be like, well, Pete, you know, you're not a lawyer. Just want to make it clear. I'm not a lawyer. But it seems to me like if you're saying there's maybe some unique and limited circumstances where the Constitution can be said, it sounds like that's judicial activism. It sounds like what you're doing there is divining an interpretation. You're trying to conjure an argument in order to achieve a desired outcome. That's what it sounds like to me. Again, not a lawyer. Once again, not a Democrat and not an attorney general. So I don't know. It's quite possible that this is true. I don't think it's true. I mean, it may be as true as that, you know, Boomer Von Cannon does traffic. It might be that true. It could also be true in a way that, like, our attorney general's, like, not a moron. So not true at all. But uh, either way. Oh, it makes sense now. The bumper music. It's a flashback. Is this in honor of the announcement of Cam Newton coming back to the Panthers? It's true. Apparently it is now confirmed. Panthers.com tweeting it out so you know it's legit. He's back. The Panthers on Thursday agreed to terms with quarterback Cam Newton, bringing the former number one overall pick back to Charlotte. Pending a physical... That I think is that's the key. I, uh, I don't. I, I look. I was never. I was never a Cam basher. I liked Cam Newton. I liked his energy and enthusiasm when he was winning. I liked the fact that he played the game with a childlike intensity when he was winning. I was not so much a fan of the fashion line, the runway show that was after every game. I wasn't so much a fan of that, but I really didn't care because if you're winning. I don't care. That's what, like, you put up with all of the other stuff if you're winning. And then he stopped winning. And then you don't want to put up with all that other stuff. And then the excessive celebration, you know, it's like you don't really get to celebrate when you're losing, you know, 28 to 7. And you get a first down and you want to celebrate with the Superman pose. It's kind of like, yeah, it's, you know. Yeah, the towel over the head thing. That's just get the man a hoodie. Like, just get the man a hoodie. Um, the 32-year-old Newton adds experience to the position and offers possibilities on offense, which can only help. Well, I mean, possibilities. You mean like throwing the ball? Like that's sorry. It's too soon. No, it's right. Well, no, I mean Darnold, uh, Sam Darnold. I mean like. He's kind of got like, uh, I mean, Sam Darnold is out with a, he's a, he had a shoulder injury, which now it makes sense why it seemed like he couldn't throw the ball. It's apparently because he physically could not throw the ball, which I thought was also the problem with Cam Newton, that he couldn't throw the ball. But that was, due, no, because first his feet, first he had the feet injury and then he couldn't run. Then it was like, oh, and I got to see how he passes the ball. And then 
And then he couldn't pass the ball either. So, I don't know. We'll see. It's not just Newton's 139 NFL starts that make him valuable. I mean, this is Panthers.com. Okay. Um, It's the possibilities (laughs) to help a defense that is near the top of the league for a team that still has legitimate playoff hopes. Okay, you know what? Here, I'm going to show you how old I am. You ready? And this has has a good bit of uh, relevance because Jake Delhomme is now in the radio booth for the Panthers, right? And I know I, I will get back to the Leandro stuff, I promise, but, like, this is all breaking news, and so this is what live radio does. We do the breaking news stuff. So, uh, so Newton coming back. You know what? It, I don't require a lot of my quarterbacks. I really don't. I'm a simple guy. When it comes to quarterbacks, all I need you to be able to do is to hand the ball off and not give it away that it's a handoff. That's what I need you to do. And I need you to be able to throw a pass, a short pass. You don't even have to throw a long pass. You just need to throw a couple short passes, you know, five, seven, ten yards, just to keep the defense honest. That's all I require in a quarterback. I don't really... I was fine. Here you go. Blast from the past. You ready? Rodney Pete. Yeah. I was fine with Rodney Pete. Run, 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 punt. Run, 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 punt. That was our playbook. And I was fine with it because our defense was awesome. And if you can win the field possession game, then you win the game. And then Rodney Pete goes in, remember, and he wasn't doing very well at all. His first game of that season, and we couldn't even run, 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 punt very well. And you remember then they pulled him in the second half. Do you remember any of this, John Moore? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, you remember this. I'm sorry, I'm including John Moore oh, in the conversation. I, I can nod at you, but yeah, it, yeah I yeah. remember it well. Yeah, yeah, because you remember, all right, so, so who did they bring in? When Rodney uh, Pete, when they benched him after the first half. Testaverde. I can't remember. John Moore. Educate me. I is this forgot. COVID? Is this COVID It's brain? COVID brain, I swear. <laughs> I can't remember anything. I gave you the answer earlier. Where are my pants? No, Jake. <laughs> Sorry. Jake Delhomme. Jake Delhomme. <laughs> and Jake Delhomme took us to the Super Bowl. Right? That was yep. the year. So, and Jake Delhomme. I mean, he, that's the thing. Like, the guy was a baller. He was like, you put him into the situation. He wanted to play. He wanted to win. He was there. He was in the moment. He had the intensity. That's the thing I loved about Cam. It reminded me of Jake DeLome. And even though we didn't win, John Casey, even though we didn't win the Super Bowl, what a season. What a great season. And that's what I felt like with Cam Newton. And then he just, it seemed like he couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't play after that. After the, our loss in that Super Bowl, it's like his whole world was shattered. And... I don't know enough, uh, you know, about like the psychology of sportsing and stuff like that, but you know, I guess that gets inside your head. Whatever. So I guess he was never the same after that. But we're gonna find out. Uh, I, I remember, you know, Jason Whitlock is his name. He's a writer. He's a sports writer guy, national guy. I interviewed him a couple months ago, probably about a year ago, and I asked him why he's so hard on Cam Newton all the time. This was when Cam first went over to the Patriots, and I said to him, like, why do you got to beat up on my guy Cam? Like. And he, I said, why do you hate him? He's like, I don't hate him. He said, I just, I wish that he would be better. I, like, he wants the best for him because he has the ability. But it's all, it seems like it's all mental with him. So, I don't know. We'll see. I, I hope at the time he was saying maybe this is an opportunity. Coach, you know, uh, uh, Belichick up in New England, Jason Whitlock was like, well, maybe Coach Belichick will get him in, uh, in line and, you know, he'll, he'll mold the the clay 
People love a redemption story. They do. Here it is. Almost as much as the falling story. They love the the rags to riches, and then they love the guy on top, and then they love to watch him fall, and then they love the redemption story, (laughs) and then another fall story if possible. And then maybe, like, the fourth. The fourth story would be, like, Rocky IV, you know, the, the reemergence. And then you got to have the kid and the bloodlines and all that stuff. But, uh, but yeah, like that's, I don't know. I, really, I, I, I hope the best for him. I wish the best for him and for the whole team. It would be really fantastic if this, if this could be a, uh, like a storybook kind of a thing. Look, hey, it worked for me so far. It worked for me. You know, like I've been gone for eight years, and now here I am back in Charlotte. Right? Yeah. It could be like... Cam Newton could be the next Pete Callender. Wow. I mean, think about the ramifications there. Huge. Huge. Right. They'll be saying, Cam, Cam. He's like Pete the second. That's what they would be saying. <laughs> I'm certain of it. All right. News is next. Back in a moment from Truist Field in Uptown Charlotte for the Carolina's Veterans Day Festival.